are back with a traditional Friday Five episode this week. I am Sarah Rupel, your host, and you are listening to the Agent Survival Guide podcast. Each week, we make a compilation of what happened that you should know about, and we've got a great list this week. Lots of movement, lots of things to mention. Number one on our list, we have been following along with this since the proposal of Build Back Better. Although it looks a bit different than the original bill, we are one step closer to some big changes in both the Medicare and ACA markets. Let's talk about the Inflation Reduction Act. The bill passed through the Senate over the weekend and is poised to pass through the House today. It will then head from Capitol Hill to President Biden's desk for his signature. So we'll start with the changes coming to Medicare first. And I say coming because most of these will happen over time as opposed to happening right away. First up, and beginning in 2023, so not that far away, no more cost sharing for adult vaccines covered under Medicare Part D. Now, for those on Medicaid or CHIP, the provision will depend on effective date, but that's the first part of the Medicare portion to go into effect. In 2024, the 5% coinsurance for catastrophic coverage in Part D will go away. Low-income subsidies will increase benefit eligibility for those living at 150% of the federal poverty level. 2025, that is the big year when we will see the cap on out-of-pocket charges in Part D and other drug benefits. That amount will be capped at $2,000 and it will be a huge relief for some beneficiaries. Then from 2026 through 2029, Medicare drug price negotiation. The Department of Health and Human Services will be able to negotiate costly drug prices beginning in 2026 with adjustments on 10 drugs. That number will increase to 15 drugs for both 2027 and 2028. And then in 2029 and beyond, the HHS secretary will be able to negotiate prices on 20 drugs per year. So yes, exciting changes to come, but phasing them in will take some time. Number two, same bill, different market. Also included in the Inflation Reduction Act, the extension for ACA subsidies to continue the relief put into effect by the American Rescue Plan Act. Those subsidies will be extended for an additional three years through coverage year 2025. Specifically, what that legislation does is let consumers get a tax credit subsidy towards their premium should the cost of their coverage exceed 8.5% of their adjusted gross income. According to estimates released by the Congressional Budget Office, Extending these subsidies permanently could add 4.8 million new beneficiaries each year. So even with just this three-year extension, that adds up to 14.4 million new beneficiaries between 2023 and 2025 should those calculations hold up. 
Again, the Inflation Reduction Act still has to pass through the House before it can go to the president for his signature. So should there be any further changes, we will report back on that next week. Number three, we are counting down the days to our summit conferences here at Ritter. The first three summits are being held back-to-back with a fourth a few weeks later. Our networking events are in-person events this year due to overwhelming demand from our agents. You ask, we listen. And the summits are a great place to get detailed first looks at 2023 Medicare Advantage and Part D plans in your selling area. You can also meet our staff, talk with your local reps, get to know carrier representatives, and so much more. The summits are a great way to kick off the AEP selling season, and we invite you to register for the one that is closest to your location. Tuesday, August 23rd, we're in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. On Wednesday, August 24th, we're here in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, where our headquarters is located. Thursday, August 25th, is our Maryland Summit. And then on Wednesday, September 21st, we are holding our final summit conference in New York. There's still time to get registered and grab your spot, and you can register by visiting summits.ridderim.com or by using the link in our notes. Number four, Spotify recently announced some upcoming changes to their app a more concise home experience that will separate music from podcasts. One of the biggest criticisms of the listening app was that when Spotify began expanding their podcast library, the home feed and discover tools became jumbled and overloaded. So now the home screen will be split into two experiences, music on one, podcasts and shows on the other. In the podcast's home feed, new episodes of favorite shows appear at the top, and the summary will be visible so you can read more about the episode without having to click into it like we currently have to do. Love that. And if you see an episode that you want to listen to later on, you can directly add it to a playlist with a new plus button all on that same card. So love that as well. On the music side, it seems like the experience will be similar. New music recommendations based on what you've listened to, album and playlist recommendations as well. Other than that, it sounds like everything else will remain the same, just that they're separating these two feeds, which is in my mind a smart move and one that users have been asking for. Putting each type of content in its own feed and letting the algorithms feed new suggestions based on just music listening or just podcast listening should yield better recommendations for both types of users and doesn't lean one way or the other. Honestly, I'm excited because I feel like this is Spotify leaning even further into podcasts. But I'm equally as happy that the experience will improve for music listeners who are not necessarily podcast listeners on Spotify, because no one wants their feed clogged up with recommendations that they don't want. Number five, 
While we're on the subject of recommendations that we don't want, I had to mention that Instagram has walked back most of those recent changes to their app that I talked about in last week's episode. I briefly mentioned that in my social posts, but I did want to mention it here on the record. Does that mean that Instagram will not be pursuing video and emulating TikTok? I wouldn't rush to say that. But Adam Masseri did say that internal data supported what users were saying about the changes. Quote, For the new feed designs, people are frustrated and the usage data isn't great. So there I think that we need to take a big step back, regroup, and figure out how we want to move forward. End quote. I'm just going to throw this out there, but maybe... Ask your users, Adam. Get a feedback group together so that you're not just relying on data and your own employees. Just a thought. In my own experience on the app since that announcement, I did notice that more posts from my favorites feed have started showing up in my following feed. That was almost entirely unheard of previously, so it seems like there might have been some adjustments made. Instagram did say that they would cut back on the recommended posts and continue to work on the algorithm that personalizes feed content. In that realm, I recently liked a video of a turtle swimming underwater and took notice that more swimming turtles started showing up in my feed. So that's the update for now. I will be sure to keep you posted on the evolving saga that we know and love and call Instagram. Rupel recommends. What do Starlight, Bite, Marshmallow, and Dream World have in common? Well, they're all limited edition Coca Cola Creations flavors. And that last one I mentioned, Dream World, is their newest flavor. The Bite flavor was an extremely limited edition release. And Marshmallow's flavor was listed right on the can as strawberry watermelon. I did try Marshmallow's flavor, and as is the case with most watermelon-flavored things, the taste of the original fruit just can't be captured. It always tastes artificial to me. Dream World, though, is more in line with the recent Starlight release in that it's more of a name of the drink than an indicator of taste. It's a marketing ploy, sure, and I will admit I'm game to try it, just like I've tried the previous flavors. But according to the Coca-Cola press release, Dream World, quote, bottles up the technicolor tastes and surrealism of the subconscious with an invitation to savor the magic of everyday moments and dream with open eyes, end quote. If that isn't enough description, the official release went on to compare Dream World with Starlight, positing, quote, Starlight illuminated the idea of escapism and the infinite, out-of-this-world possibilities of space. Dream World flips this script by inviting fans to look inward at the infinite possibilities of the mind, end quote. 
This time around, the cans and bottles feature a light blue label with pink, yellow, and white dream imagery, along with the red Coca-Cola Creations Cube logo. The imagery in the ads I would describe as an attempt to mix surrealism with digital art. It feels very right now, if that makes sense. Dream-flavored Coke Dream World will be available in regular and zero-sugar nationwide beginning on August 15th, so I will let you know what I think when I get my hands on a bottle. And that is all we've got for this week's episode. Have a great weekend, stay healthy and stay safe out there, and we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing by Tina Lamaru. Artwork by Vivian Zhao. 